Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey everybody, how you doing today? It's David here from Learn Stage Lighting. I'm starting off just a hair different today because boy, uh, though I have my voice back, um, I'm both tired and excited. Um, and here's why. I've just come back from the LDI trade show. This is uh, America's probably the biggest trade show that's that's focused solely on stage lighting. And uh, though some others are trying to give it a run for its money. And I'm there. I saw a lot of people. I talked to a ton of people. I made some great connections. I saw some really cool new stuff. So head over to learnstagelighting.com slash YouTube to go to our YouTube channel where I'm going to be posting some videos of some stuff that I took video of. And, uh, you know, I tried something new here and, and I want to get your feedback on it. Some of it's going to be posted now. Some will be later. But for, for some of the videos, and we'll see if you can find them. I, I went ahead and I just looked at new products, but through the lens of how does this make better lighting? Instead of just the typical kind of video that um, that various you know entities put up there where they interview someone or they look at a product and they say, here's the new product, here are its features. You know, I'm kind of tired of that. And I want to bring something different to you. So I want to hear in the comments on YouTube um, as well as uh, anywhere else, you know, do you like those kind of videos? Does it make sense to you? Because um, I really want to show, you know, the nuts and bolts and talk about, okay, how does this actually help you? Because ultimately... I don't want you to buy something in your lighting um, unless it's going to help you to do something better, right? I don't want you to just go out and get the latest and greatest things unless they're going to help you. So check that out. I'm at YouTube, learnstagelighting.com slash YouTube. And and if you have listened to an episode of this before, or uh, maybe you've listened to a few episodes and then you're going to check out YouTube, do me a huge favor as well. Go to learnstagelighting.com slash YouTube or slash iTunes, rather, learnstagelighting.com slash iTunes. And go to iTunes or Stitcher there. You can click on either button. It'll take you right to the page. And then give the show a quick rating and review. Just let some people know what you've learned and what you think of this podcast. Uh, I can see via the statistics that uh, a bunch of you are listening, and, and the podcast is growing, and it's really exciting. But a way to help it grow even more and even better is to share those with people. All right. Now, today, we're going to be diving into your questions, and, uh, you know, this is, these are some of my favorite shows, and, and I hear from you guys that these are some of your favorite shows as well. So, I want to hear from you. I always get hear from you at learnstagelighting.com slash contact, and from time to time, I send out an email asking for questions as well. But regardless, let's dive in and answer today's questions. First things first, Vetsamin. Um, I believe, writes in. I'm not sure exactly where you are from in the world. Maybe you're from the U.S. looking at the products you get. But anyways, um, those who uh, are just joining us, we are answering your questions. So these are questions that are emailed to me. And uh, I go ahead and I just literally read them here on the show, you know, skim through them if they're long, and I give you my answer. So you cannot only see the answer, only hear that, but also how I got there and uh, how I think about it. So Vetamin writes in and says, I'm just a newbie building a little rig in my shop to play with as a hobby. Mostly going to be used with dance music um, and parties. Um, he's already got two ADJ Stinger 2s, a Blizzard Mesmerizer, and a Global Trust a global trust, uh, Goal Post. Likely going to add two to four moving spots and other moving heads. I mean, you want to keep everything simple and easy. 
as you have little spare time to learn this stuff and get easily frustrated. You were thinking about using the ADJ Airstream bridge in your iPad to keep it simple. Um, You don't think it'll ever lead your shop. Sound good. Yeah, you know, I would go ahead and um, just, you know, can you download? Um, I think with the Airstream bridge, the software kind of lives on the unit itself. Um, Let me look at it real quick. But, you know, if you're just sure enough lighting something for parties, then then maybe that's all you need. Um, I would, you know, just take a look at it. Here's my advice for for looking for a console and uh, deciding if the Airstream bridge is the right for you is it's all about how much control you want. Um, You're already doing a wonderful thing just because you don't simply want to go ahead and, um, you know, run the things in sound active mode. I greatly appreciate that because I do not like sound active mode. Um, so, you know, take a look at it, take a look at the software, you know, maybe download the app and, um, you know, take a look at the, the pictures and any videos that ADJ has, um, and, and see if it looks like it'll work for you. Um, with something like this unit, the things that are probably going to bother you are going to be things like, um, you know, it being too difficult to make the effects you want, or maybe it's, you know, a pain in the butt to, to switch between different things. Or, you know, maybe it's it's perfect for you. I honestly, you know, I, I don't know. Um, and and that, that really depends on on what you're trying to do. Is it is it going to be as full-featured as other DMX controllers? Well, you know, no, it's, it's not going to be as full-featured. It's not going to be as quick to program as some other things, but you're also not going to have a ton of complexity. And so this is definitely, you know, it's a product I've seen before. And, um, it seems like a decent product where you can save some scenes in there, you can get some different stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I really think, you know, looking at it again today, I, I think it probably will work for you, but take a look at it and just, um, you know, really see if if it looks like it's going to give you the level of complexity you want. And that really depends on you because there's going to be some folks out there, and I'm probably one of these folks that are going to want to something that's um, that's really, you know, complex and allows you to do pretty much anything with the lights that you'd want. And then there's other people who, who just want them to flash around and kind of follow the mood. And, and if you fit in that second category, then this will probably be great for you. If you fit into the first category, you might want to go with something more advanced. Um, and you can check out the uh, my guide to finding your first lighting console over at learnstagelighting.com. We'll be sure to have that in the show notes, the uh, post that is titled how to find your first lighting console, or how to choose your first lighting console. Awesome. Taz writes in, Hi David, what are your thoughts on setting up audience blinders for small to mid-sized band setups? Um, especially purchasing options, optimal ways to program them in Onyx, and positioning recommendations. Thanks as always, Taz. All right, so Taz is a Learn Stage Lighting Labs member, um, but she asked this here as well, and, and I thought it was a good question to go through because... I, I have actually gotten this question a lot lately. Um, at the lower price point lately in the past few months, we've seen a number of manufacturers put out blinders um, at the lower end. And they're they're fine units. You know, I remember first I saw the Martin Rush one, and then ADJ I saw had one um, at LDI at this trade show that I was just at this past weekend. And the truth is, blinders are cool. But if you're in a small to medium-sized band setup, I would probably just get, you know, an LED strip light or PAR and use them as blinders. So let's step back a minute and define some things. What is a blinder? Well, a blinder, simply put, is 
just a audience light, you know, typically in, in stage lighting that, you know, maybe in front of the band, on a truss, on a back of a light stand, behind, maybe it's behind the band. Um, you can mess with the positioning and, you know, it's something that you can use to, you know, bring up that impact, to bring up that um, attention to the audience at times when you want to do that. Like perhaps when the lead singer is, you know, trying to get the audience to sing along with something or maybe the lead singer just wants to see the audience, or you want to create a moment of impact that uh, really, you know, adds a new layer to your show. That's that's when you want to use blinders. And most of the time, when I'm in a setting that's that's a small to mid-sized setting, I would just use, you know, a small LED strip light or an LED par as the blinder, okay? Because a lot of these units that are dedicated, you know, designed to be blinder units, they're like stupid bright. Like they're really, really, really bright. And for a smaller light show where you don't have super bright lights, then that's going to be way overkill, right? And when something's way overkill, that just means you're probably going to dim it down and then it doesn't dim as well. Plus you overpaid for something, um, you know, because it's bigger than you need. And you also have to carry around something that's perhaps larger and heavier than you'd need. And so when I'm in a smaller band situation, my, my absolute favorite thing to do is to go ahead and you go ahead and grab, um, you know, a small LED strip light or par that's that's pretty bright. You know, you want it to be brighter or at the same brightness as to what you currently have or brighter. And, um, and so you grab that unit and put it behind the band, you know, because an LED strip light or a par or something like that, you can run it at a low percent. Like I'm talking like two, three, ten percent. And, and you can run it there, you know, to be a cool graphical effect that you look at for most of the show. But then when you need a blinder, you can pump that up at full and it's going to create, um, it's going to be a blinder as well. And so I love doing stuff like that because it not only gives you that blinder effect and saves you money by, by buying, you know, more of a traditional par or strip light, um, but it also gives you more options. So you really can't lose there. Now, if you, you are, I'm just about programming in Onyx, um, I would program it like anything else. You know, I would probably go ahead with something like that and either put the intensity of it on an override or a submaster so that you're able to control it separately so that you have it um, at your hands on a fader, you know, ready to bring up at any point that you feel like you need it during the show. Okay, so you want to go ahead and... Um, you know, do that. But positioning wise, I really like, you know, getting them either on top of an amp or on top of a case or something like that so that it's behind the band, you know, about um, either, you know, midway up like hip level or higher, you know, chest level um, or head level is probably the best. And then just point it straight out. And uh, that will get you going. Thanks for writing in Taz. All right. So next Dave writes in and he asks um, two questions. One, how much overlap should the fields of adjacent lights be to have relatively even light? Oh, I'm probably going to spend a lot of time in this one because um, it's very subjective. And two, how much light is the right amount? Um, 300 lux, 1,000 lux, or question mark for stage lighting? All right, Dave. So um, first answer, first question, um, how much overlap should be in the adjacent, fields of adjacent lights? So I'm I'm kind of laughing. I'm not laughing at you, but I'm laughing with you. Um, and the reason I'm laughing um, about that one a little bit, the reason I chuckle at myself inside is not anything you said, but it's really subjective and really hard to answer because it depends on the light, okay? So 
basically, when you take any single light, you know, say you have an ellipsoidal or a Fresnel or a PAR, and you get it, get it in a dark room and just point it at a blank wall, okay, or a blank floor or some, a blank ceiling even, something where you can see it really well. And you're going to see that there's probably the brightest part of the light is in the center. And then there's kind of a, a center area where, you know, there's most of the light is concentrated. Okay. And then after that, there's kind of going to be an area probably where it's a little darker, but it's not quite all gone yet. And then there's dark on the very outside of the light. And this is typically in a circle or an oval, depending on, on the light that you have. So what does this all mean? Well, simply put, um, you really just need to go and, you know, see where the light starts to fall off and then bring another light in until it's even, you know. And so you match up those two areas where it kind of transitions between your two lights. So I don't know what kind of lights you have, okay? I really don't know. So that kind of um, makes it difficult, but you literally, and, and this takes time, it, and it works best if you're in a really dark space when you're pointing your lights at the stage. But you really just want to go ahead and literally just move and, and create as much overlap between light one and light two as you need so that it is even, right? Because, for example, I was, I was talking with a friend that I ran into at this trade show this weekend. Oh, I haven't seen him. I hadn't seen him and really sat down and had the time to talk to him in 10 years. And uh, he was an old uh, co-worker and a guy I interned with and someone who really taught me a lot, not only about lighting, but also about audio and about video. Okay. And I was talking to him and we were talking about these new LED ellipsoidals or Lico's. You know, there's a source for, there's the Chave Ovation, Alation's got one, Blizzard's got one, Martin came out with one this year, everybody's got one. All the brands have them now. Okay. And I was telling him, I was like, you know, these things are great. And they have a nice, even spot of light. But when I'm lighting, you know, a stage wash with them, it actually makes things a little bit more difficult sometimes. Because these things are so even that even when you take some diffusion gel and you put it in those lights, they still don't have a lot of drop off. Um, you know, they still don't have a smooth transition out. They just kind of, you know, hit an end and then drop off really fast. And so... You need to look at your specific lights, you know, how fast does the light drop off at the edge? And then you really just match those up. It's it's really something very visual. Um, and so I'm trying to help you the best I can here. But but basically, you know, it, it really depends on the amount of light at the angle you're coming with and in your specific um, situation uh, of what your stage looks like as to how much overlap you're going to get. But, but in general, Dave, um, the quick answer to that is just that you know, they're going to overlap a little, but you'll notice if you pick up a light meter, um, if you have an Android phone, you can get the City Theatrical DMX Cat app. I'll link to my review of their device, which has links uh, to the uh, the app itself. That's on LearnStageLighting.com, the uh, City Theatrical DMX Cat, um, D-M-X-C-A-T, just like it sounds. And, um, you know, this unit gives you a light meter, which we're about to talk about. Um, it uses your Android's light meter, not available on iOS because Apple doesn't let people use their light meter. Um, and it uses the light meter that's built into your phone, the light sensor. And then you can kind of walk in the transition point between the two lights as you're pointing them. And you're going to see when the transition point between the two lights, when you can see 
when it catches your eye with the really bright spot of the eye of the light in both places and you're holding the light meter in that spot, when that transition point is brighter on the meter than the spot, um, than the non-transition points, that means you overlap too much, basically. And if it's darker, especially if it's considerably darker than when you're in the middle of just one light, um, when you're standing right in the middle of the beam of one light, then you need to move them together a little more. And, and it's really that simple. So you asked how much light is the right amount um, for stage lighting? Well, this really is a loaded question, Dave. Um, the answer really is, um, if you're not using cameras, what looks right? Okay. Um, and this depends a lot on the size of the room. The further that someone's eye is from the lighting itself, the more light you need for it to look, you know, bright and, and nice. Okay. Um, the closer that people are to the stage for their eye, then the less light you need for it to look bright and proper. Now, when we're working with the camera, um, I was always taught, you know, what I was taught was 80 foot candles, which is 800 lux. Okay. Approximately the, um, the factor is not quite 10 times, but if you're doing the math in your head, 10 times works just right for going foot candles to lux. Okay. So is 80 foot candles or 800 lux, right? Well, no, actually, um, it's going to depend largely on your camera, Dave. And so, um, if you are interested in diving deeper into this, um, both for house lighting you asked for and for stage lighting. Um, you know, I, I check out Inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs. Um, that's a, a monthly subscription that we have here on Learn Stage Lighting. And it allows you to get in and get access to this one particular course. There's a lot of them in there, but one is called Lighting for Video. And in there I go and I walk through all these things and how to work through them together. Um, in general, you know, as long as you have about, I think 300 lux is generally kind of the minimum for a lot of cameras. But, you know, it, there's a lot of factors in play when you're working with a camera, um, such as distance from the stage, lensing, the specific camera itself. And so it really depends on, on what you need. For example, when I first started with lighting, I would light at 80 foot candles, okay? And when I started to get lower than that, if I did, the, the video team, the guys running the cameras, would pretty much always come and, and be like, hey, David, we, we need a little more brightness to get this right, okay? But now, you know, just a few weeks ago, in fact, I was lighting a show. I was at 80-foot candles, and, you know, my my video guy, who I've worked with a lot, he, he, he was coming, we were chatting, and he was like, how bright is the stage, David? And I said, you know, it's about 80 to 90-foot candles. Um, it's, it was in there. And he said, oh, well, because he's like, you know, I got plenty to go. I got tons of space. You know, you could go way darker. And I said, you know, I don't really want to because of the size of the room. It's it's what looks right. But, you know, I could. So um, check that out, Dave. Check out the resources. We'll make sure we link to a page where you can learn more about Learn Stage Lighting Labs and also um, get in there and uh, join us and subscribe so that you can get access to this full action plan of video that's, that's going to teach everything you need to know about lighting a stage for video. Robert wrote in, thank you, David, for doing this and making this available. Um, how do I create a fixture correctly for Depro and the fixture edit window online? I am new with moving heads, and this is the first one I'm trying to create a plot for Dance Root Perform. I've created a hybrid moving head fixture to work with Depro. Um, you've tried several edits and have a problem with the pan and tilt. Let's see in the device browser. If you highlight it, you can see the direction it's moving. When you move the light upstage, the circle reverses. I'm just skimming the rest of it here, folks. 
hey, Robert, so so here's what you're going to need to know. Basically, I just skimmed your whole article and your whole thing here. And there's I've got some questions for you. OK, and, and I'm going to preface this with that. Um, as I told the last guy, Dave, um, you know, inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs, I've got a bunch of stuff on D-Pro, too. And for Learn Stage Lighting Labs members, if, if you just want to, you know, bypass this whole thing entirely, I create profiles for labs members, okay? And I'll do that for free. Um, all I need you to provide me is, is you can join the labs and then provide me with the manual that has the DMX specification for your light, meaning it says this channel does this, this channel does this, this channel does this. And once you give that to me, I'll go and I'll create the profile in D-Pro um, for D-Pro and send it to you so you have it as well, too. Okay, so I want to put that out there um, just if you don't want to go through this. So basically what you got to do, Robert, is it's all about matching up, how, telling Z-Pro how to send the DMX signal that the light is expecting to hear. And every light is different as to what they're programmed, what they expect to hear from the console. And so what you've got to do is, is pull out that manual and then you need to make sure every channel and every... Um, you know, and then within every channel, all the different ranges of DMX um, output match up what you're putting into the fixture profile editor for Deepro. You need to make sure that those things match up exactly with what's in the manual. And then last and frustratingly not least, you have to make sure what's in the manual actually matches the light you have. And, and when you do buy cheap lights from overseas, sometimes the manual that they send you does not match the light. And you may have a problem where, um, you know, you're going ahead and you're trying to program this to a light. You're trying to control this light with what's in the manual, but, um, but it doesn't respond correctly. And in that case, you know, that means that the light does not match what it says it should in the manual, at which point you got to get in touch with the manufacturer or, start patching a bunch of individual channels and figuring it out yourself. And so basically you would bring up channel one, see what it does, write it down, bring up channel two, see what it does, write it down and keep going till you figured out the whole fixture. So I hope, I hope you don't have to do that because that takes a lot of time and it's frustrating. So my best recommendation to you, Robert is, you know, have a nice sit down with the manual and with the D pro fixture editor. And um, that that's going to tell you in the manual, what the fixture wants to hear. And then, you need to line that up with the values you give the channels inside the D-Pro fixture editor. And remember, of course, as I mentioned before, um, for Learn Stage Lightning Labs members, people that are a member of the labs, not only do you get access to many hours of video instruction to, to shortcut your way to, to great lighting so you can save your time, frustration, and money, but I also go in there and, and you can just pop in the forums once you join and you're able to literally go ahead and... Um, you know, ask me there to create a profile and I will gladly do that for you. But remember, Robert, as always, if the information that's in the manual, that's in the fixture special specification does not match what you've got um, in your hands, then, then, uh, or rather does not match what the light listens for, then you're, you're still going to have a problem. All right. Isaac, um, Isaac is emailing me all the way from Belgium. He is 16. Awesome. And, uh, you've got a, uh, you like to DJ things, but you don't really have any lighting. Um, so you're getting more and more gigs and you feel it's urgent to buy yourself a lighting setup in the near future. Um, and you've looked at some lights online and, um, 
you want to know. So here's the question. Okay. You've got some lights you've looked at, and I've got a screenshot here just of uh, what those particular lights are. You want to buy four small moving lights and uh, two by four LED lights, and uh, he wants to add some fog machines or smoke machines. Um, and he doesn't know, one, how to, how to hang the lights, and two, what kind of clamps he needs. And then, um, sorry, it's a, his, his, uh, he's definitely from Belgium, so his English is not... Um, not everything translates perfectly, which is all right. And then how do we link all those with DMX and have one master um, for the moving heads and one master of the LED lights? Um, you will mostly use this in sound active mode, so a DMX controller is not necessary. Yours sincerely, Isaac. All right, Isaac. So I'm looking at your lights here, and basically what you want to do is, um, let's answer your first question. So you need to look at your stand, and, and if you can call this place you're buying your stuff from, it looks like they have a, an email or a call. Um, basically, pretty much any clamp will fit onto any light, okay? That's that's pretty universal. Like, any, you can buy any clamp to fit on the light, but the part that's different sizes is the truss or the stand itself, okay? So, basically, you know, go to this website and... Um, figure out exactly, you know, what stands you're going to go with. And then once you know what stands you're going to go with, then go ahead and ask them or, or read the specification and see what the size of the hanging on the stand is. So it might be, you know, professional stuff has a two-inch outer dimension to it. Um, I don't know what that is in a metric. And, but, you know, less heavy-duty stands have smaller um, dimensions to them, a smaller diameter. And the diameter, of course, is is what the clamp, you know, needs to, the diameter of the pipe or whatever it is that you're hanging on is what the clamp needs to go around. So you need to match up the clamp size to the outer dimension of the stand. And so feel free to ask the place you're buying this from because they might be able to help you with that. And then once you've matched up that size, you know, there's O clamps and C clamps and G clamps. There's there's different kind of lights, but ultimately, if you match up the size of the clamp with the size the with the dimension of the uh, of the pipe that you're hanging it on, you're gonna be good. And then just make sure that you know some of these cheaper clamps um they can't hold a lot of weight. So make sure whatever fixture you're hanging doesn't weigh more than the clamp is rated to hold, and then you'll be good. Okay. Next question from you was that um so you just. I, you know, with the lights that you've picked out, um, it's a brand that I've never heard of that's probably only from this store in Belgium, and I've never seen here over in the U.S. So, ultimately, I can't really speak, you know, to the quality level of these lights, but, you know, they are all from the same brand, and so I hope that they work well. They look like, you know, a lot of entry-level stuff we hear in the, we have here in the U.S., so they'll probably work you know, for what you're trying to do. But now, the sound active mode, okay? Go ahead, and um, I would go ahead and download the manual for all these lights, okay? Because the manual is going to tell you how to link them together and if they can do like a master-slave type sound active mode. Now, if you've listened to me for a while here, you know, I'm not a big fan of that. I would rather have you, you know, buy one less light or two and get a DMX controller so that you can actually have control over what they're doing. And I think that's a lot more important than buying one extra light. You may or may not listen to me. You may or may not do that. And that's fine. 
But if you are going to stick with sound active mode, then it's likely you'll just connect all of the moving hints together and then separately connect all the LED fixtures together and run them both in a master-slave uh, sound active mode. And um, they'll talk to each other. There might be some setup to that, but it's that's going to vary from fixture to fixture. Every light is going to be different uh, from every manufacturer. So as long as they're the same type of light and they advertise that they have that mode, they'll be able to be controllable. But just know that, you know, those LED lights are going to be off doing one thing and the movers are going to be off doing one another. And they're never going to be in sync and they're always going to be sound active mode. And so when you get to the point when you see that up, if you're not super happy with it and you don't like how it looks and it just seems wild and erratic and uncontrolled, then that's when I would go ahead and take the step and, and get a DMX controller. Um, we linked above actually earlier in the show to uh, a great post about finding your first lighting console um, on Lauren Stage Lighting and uh, make sure you know you go check that out when you're first looking for a console. Awesome. So Brady writes in, uh, I think this is perhaps the last question for today. Yep. Um, oh, and Brady is a Learn Stage Lighting Labs member. Hey, Brady, um, if you ever need anything, you know, quick, um, I apologize. I didn't catch that you were a Labs member previous to this, but uh, these questions actually kind of go to a different inbox. So I deal with them here on the podcast. But if if you ever do have a question, Brady, and you want to know right away, then um, just ask on the Learn Stage Lighting Labs forums and I'll be able to get back to you within a day or two. But is it possible to add a second universe to the M-Touch? Yes, it is, Brady. So I'm going to put a link to um, on the support site for Onyx, um, which is now, instead of MPC, the, the software has been rebranded. It's now called Onyx, um, but the M-Touch is still totally compatible. And I'm going to go ahead and show you the uh, licensing page, okay? So I'm copying this link over so it's in the show notes for you. And so basically... You know, when you buy an M-Touch and you plug it in, even if you don't, you have four universes of DMX that you can use for free inside of Onyx, the, the software formerly known as M-Series. Okay, so you can, you can add up to four universes for free. Now, how do you get those four universes? Well, you can do it with, you know, M-Plays um, and M-Touches. So you can add an M-Play to it, and you'll get another universe out. You can do it via an NTEC Open or Pro USB device, okay? And we'll link to a page on Learn Stage Lighting Labs called um, I just got an NTEC um, USB to DMX, or I just got an NTEC widget. Now what? Um, there's a great post there that's going to walk you through um, the different NTECs and um, that are compatible with things like Onyx. Then you could also get an MDMX, now called an NXDMX um, under the onyx software they, they've rebranded that but i believe it's the same exact unit and so you know you get one of these devices and you could also get a artnet to dmx node as it's called so um thankfully brady um because you're just starting with onyx you actually have four universes of dmx um totally unlocked inside your software for free so you can go ahead you can add any of these different devices and uh, that's going to be able to give you output up to four universes total. So that I think is one of the best deals here in um, lighting today. So thank you guys so much for listening so far. It's always a blast answering your questions. And of course, the reminder is that if you do want to go deeper and uh, want access to hours of instruction, that's that's going to get right to the point and teach you the things you know to make great lighting, whether it's for a band, whether it's for a church or whether it's for DJ lighting, then go give a check out to learn stage lighting labs. Um, I've mentioned it various parts in this podcast, but I want to mention it again because 
If you really want to dive deep and you really want to create great lighting, but you're not sure what to do next, then these videos are going to give you the instruction you need. And our personalized forums are where you get to ask and, and you get to, you know, ask my opinion and ask the opinion of other folks on the forum. Hey, what would be the best way to do this? How can I best apply it in my situation? And we'll go ahead and we'll help you and we'll help you quickly so you can get going really fast. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening today. Next week, I'm really excited and um, I cannot wait to share with you because we're going to talk about planning a big event, okay? So we're kind of launching these around, you know, November for Christmas time. Um, a lot of people do big events in Christmas time, especially churches. But in reality, you can have a big event any time of the year. And I want to talk about, especially from a lighting perspective, how to plan for this so that you have an amazing and successful event, okay? And it, it could be of any size, as long as the event is big to you and it's something, you know, that's bigger than you've done in the past, then, then this is certainly going to apply to you. So be sure to subscribe if you haven't to the podcast, share it, tell your friends about it if that would be something that's interesting to them, because we're going to be talking about planning some big events and, and help you um, take off and, and execute your big events smoother than you ever have before. Thanks so much for listening and have a wonderful day. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.